0: Yeah, the Statsman and AJ, RotoWire's fantasy hockey show, folks. I'm Paul Bruno, you call, and you can call me the Statsman. That's what I've been known for years and years. I'm based in Southern Ontario. You can follow me at Statsman22 on Twitter or X. My co host, as always, is AJ Scholes, a great follow at AJ 24 a very inventive name there by my partner, I gotta say. <laughs> based in Sun Perry, Wisconsin, pretty close to RotoWire headquarters over in Madison. And we haven't spoken AJ since the U.S. Thanksgiving came and went. I celebrated in style, watching a lot of football, and the Cowboys won, so I was pretty happy.
1: But I'm curious to know how you spent the day. Me started off with a Packer win. Hard to uh, hard to complain about that. Got a nice uh, nice win there, and then uh, had the the dual Thanksgiving. So had uh, had to do one early, one early lunch, one to watch Packer game, and then a dinner one. So. Yeah, definitely uh, been hitting the gym this week to try and get two Thanksgivings off. But, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll ride through the holidays and, and try to come out the other side not too much heavier than we were before.
0: <laughs> and AJ, partly because the your Penguins took the measure of my Leafs on Saturday night, we delayed the podcast a couple of days so I could get over it. And you were <laughs> a little under the weather, too. But we're very excited today because we're going to take a bit of a different path to through today's episode we're including a very special guest who comes highly regarded from some of our rotowire peers i'm talking about a gentleman named joe bartnick whose credits include a comedy special and uh, which can be seen on amazon prime and youtube he appears in a movie called old dads so we're going to ask him about both of those things and he has his own hockey podcast called hockey puck off and writes for the pro hockey news so a lot of great credits and we are very pleased to welcome joe bartnick to the show today hello joe
2: hey what's up aj and paul what's how you doing just great thanks for joining us today by the way oh my pleasure i'll talk hockey with anybody especially two guys with one way of the canadian accent, and then the other guy's a penguin fan this is perfect (laughs) I've never. Well, what more do you want?
0: I've never heard my, my my voice called a Canadian accent before, so that's a first for me. I'm not. How about how does this sound? About,
2: it? It's pretty good. It sounds like you should be calling like a, you know a D to D pass from Brody to Lilligren.
0: They're, yeah, one of them's hurt sadly, and that's. I know I.
2: i, I spacing on. Uh, you know, it's eight in the morning here, so I'm like, I pull some out. I was trying to go retro, you know.
3: It, just, it sounds more done. like an
2: Ottawa Senators game, too. As a matter of fact, it's really Canadian.
0: Well, Joe, let, let's go through some of your credits. This, this, a killing in Chicago. Your stand was special. Tell us a little bit about how that came about. I watched it, and you were fantastic.
2: Oh, thank you. Uh, well, it was uh, produced by All Things Comedy. They, uh, Bill Burr and Al Madrigal's, uh, you know, production company that they wanted to help comics and uh, make money off us, uh, you know, or just help. But uh, it's their production company, and uh, they invested in me to do a special because uh, they're great friends of mine and great comics. So I took them up on it, and uh, we did it in Chicago. The Den sold out two shows. And uh my fans broke the liquor record at the den, which is a
0: <laughs>
2: so it led to led two good shows and it became a, a special I'm proud of. And I really like the concept was I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember the Quinn Martin like seventies detective shows. Sure. But sure. that's if you watch the whole thing, you uh you can see the beginning is like the, the beginning of a seventies detective show, and at the end we do some of the sketches uh that were we were gonna put in the middle or, you know, act one, act two epilogue, but everyone kind of thought the stand-up was strong enough to just let the stand-up ride through, and and that's uh, what it is. And now we, it's out everywhere on YouTube, and Amazon picked it up, and a couple other uh, venues. So wherever you can watch it, uh, please check it out.
0: Now, I'm also an aspiring backup uh, movie type I've been threatening my wife that I'm going to get into the business and and just be one of those backup actors. Tell me you did that and maybe a little bit more in in the movie Old Dads. What was the role?
2: Well, I would tell you that Paul, don't do don't do backup work if you have real employment because you're just going to stand <laughs> around for eight hours and get the last grain of food they have on the table. <laughs> <laughs> it's not not a fun way to make almost a living uh i'll tell you that uh i know i have a legitimate role in, in in old dads i play randy the bouncer and i have a, a few uh good scenes and we have a huge fight scene it's like a burt reynolds fight scene and um uh what my main adversary or guy i'm hanging out with or acting with i should say is bobby carnavali who's probably my favorite actor under the age of 70 so uh, <laughs> I was really happy to hang out with him
0: very cool. Now the, the puck the podcast. Tell us a little bit about, about that, where it can be seen, what kind of stuff you cover. And is there any kind of a segment that we can include here to to share our thoughts maybe in something that you do on a regular basis?
2: Uh, the podcast started eleven years ago and uh, at a company called oh geez oh man, uh, it was uh the improv's podcast arm, uh, not levity, it was uh, sideshow. And they basically, my partner, uh, the great Fraser Smith is a legendary DJ in Los Angeles, and he was doing a baseball show with the legendary Jay Johnstone. I, if you guys know anything about baseball, if yeah, I got a baseball card, I got yeah, baseball. yeah, he's <laughs> in a, in a classic human being who's uh, rest in peace. But he, uh, so the people there, are like, Fraser, you should do a hockey show, and Fraser goes, I know just the guy, and then we've been doing it, and then they stopped doing podcasts and we did it in, my, in my house for a little bit. And then all things comedy picked us up and we've been doing it ever since. And I'm proud to say in 11 years, we've never missed a week. Great stuff. Well, we
0: were postponed this week, so that's as close as we come in a long time. Well, post- <laughs> oh, no,
2: you were delayed. It's
0: just two days <laughs> hey, G, you got any questions for our pal?
1: Yeah. Just curious, uh, you know, with uh, circling back to the movie, uh, just looks hilarious. How, how was it working with with all three of those kind of main guys, uh, who you know comedy legends and and everything? So how how was all that?
2: Well, you know, uh, Bill, I'm very 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 good friends with, uh, and then Bobby was just it, it was it was an honor to work Bobby Carnavalli in Bokeem. You know, you see him everywhere, and uh, he was super cool. But the funny thing was was me and my buddy Paul Versey, We were the only two actors. That weren't stunt guys <laughs> for, the th- <laughs> for the three days that we've, you know, we're filming until the very end. We were all hanging out and, you know, shooting the crap and having fun on set. But basically, it was us and all the stunt guys who were incredible people. I'm um, as tough as hockey players from the 70s. We're, they're just going over war stories and injuries. And so that was fun, you know. And if I would have had a little bit of a karate background, I'd never been able to handle it because the way the movie's shot, or the way it's edited, it looks like I do a bunch of stuff. And then and I, I kick everybody's butt and it lasts like 20 seconds. When we shot the whole thing, it was, I had the original like five moves, but then like four other stunt guys get into it and it's literally like a Burt Reynolds, like Hooper or, you know, one of those bar fights where it's crazy. And so it was just chaos for like 45 seconds when we were filming it. So it's a lot to worry about, think about. And, uh, but it was so much, I mean, it was so much fun.
0: Joe, the focus of our podcast is more of a stats and fantasy hockey basis where we're trying to feed information out to people that play daily fantasy sports and season-long pools. So we talk a lot of statistics and who's hot and who's not and who's hurt and for how long. Not that the NHL shares very well in that last particular area. But that's the nuts and bolts of our show. I'm curious what it is that you do on the Hockey Puck Off. And if you can tell our listeners, what is the focus and intent of, of the pod? Uh,
2: that you uh well puck off it's called puck off um yeah you know it it started out because you know uh, sideshow was the arm of you know sideshow it was the arm of levity uh entertainment that the first year we were getting like you know big time soap opera actors and all these semi-famous people or famous people and friends of ours and you know, it was hockey and people were like, Oh, you hey, how are your Blackhawks good? Then we are talk about uh Chicago sandwiches for an hour. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and then at the playoffs came and it became intense. You know, it's the playoffs. It's the you know, playoffs. Yeah. yeah. And then um we were like, should we do it in the summer? So we came up with this thing called summer programming, where we would just <laughs> at, at the beginning go like our favorite 15 defensemen of all time, or who's the greatest, you know, penguin or who's, well, that's an easy one, but you know, just, <laughs> uh, you know, just stuff like that. And we came back the next year and we just thought that our fans were just kind of into regular hockey and didn't really care about so-and-so's acting career or whatever you want to say. So we just started then just bringing really in our fans and I mean, our fans, our friends and people who just knew hockey and it really became way more about hockey and, we, for a long time, we, before podcasting blew up, you know, we were a national show and we had a lot of traction. But now, you know, there's a million podcasts, a million teams have their own shows. So if you want to be a Canuck fan or you want to be a Maple Leaf fan or whoever, you can listen to 30 hours of those, anything like that. So, you know, we take a little backseat to a few things, but we're still out here grinding and having a good time. And uh, Ian Bag noted uh, ca- Canadian uh comedian very funny and great guy uh he used to come on our show now he has his own podcast but he's like he had a great line when he said talk in a podcast everyone everyone's have a podcast especially comedians or actors talk about something you would talk about for free (laughs) you know (laughs) and that's all i do is talk about hockey so you know that's what we do well it sounds like a lot of
0: fun and we've touched on it already that my favorite team is the leafs aj's favorite team is the penguins who's your favorite squad
2: well, the Penguins, I, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, oh, and and I have the street credit of liking them when they wore blue originally, <laughs> 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 when it wasn't, it wasn't ironic or whatever the word would be. And pre Lemieux and me and my grandfather, especially and me a little bit, took a lot of grief for being a Penguin fan in the seventies. We were the, LA, I tell people, we were the Clippers, like he, my, my grandfather passed before Lemieux was drafted. You wouldn't. Even can't even conceive of the fact that we have five Stanley Cups since you know 1982. You know, it, it's un—you can't even believe it.
0: shinkle Shack,
2: and Shock—one
0: of the greatest <laughs> lines ever. I remember from those days. Joe Daly and the Nets, no mask. Some some fond memories of that club, and I have ties to Pittsburgh too. A lot of relatives that uh, grind me every season when. the Cowboys can't catch up to the Steelers in terms of all time Super Bowl appearances and wins.
2: Yeah, we were hanging on to a lot of the Steelers fans are hanging on to a lot of memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, so are some Penguin fans, I think, you know, me included. <laughs> but I, you know, it, and now is the first time I will say this why well, I, I kind of said it on my own uh, on Puck this Wednesday, but Friday might have been the lowest I've been since the Mike Johnson era you know if people Ooh. remember the barzini looking moron that was our coach before sullivan yeah uh, uh friday night when we lost to buffalo i i i am the last holder of the flame that the window may not be completely <laughs> shut on this team you got
0: a partner on the podcast today don't you worry but i don't know
2: i i felt the same like I, friday was yeah. the absolute worst feeling i've had in just you know we're up to nothing you know it's like gino just don't go in there just don't go in there gino don't go in there don't <laughs> and then he didn't even trip the guy the guy fell down and he got scared, whatever happened but he didn't he touched all puck but it was like <laughs> oh my goodness like this is really 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 the end well and then paul thank yeah. you for the toronto maple Leafs because Sunday, Saturday was amazing. I'm back, baby. Yeah, It's all good. (laughs) What were they worried about? And I think I I didn't go on Twitter. I didn't do anything. I just had a heart-to-heart talk with my dad that night. Just like, wow. (laughs) You can't get too wrapped up in a November win or loss. That's what
0: I've come to realize. I mean, I saved all my chagrin for the first round of the playoffs when the Leafs Battle for seven games and then bow out uh, mercilessly.
2: So, well, that's... my feeling is this though: that you can't win the Stanley Cup in November, but you can certainly lose it in no November. No question.
0: No question. I fully agree with that, guys. We, uh, Joe, we talk about our pet peeves once in a while, and I know AJ when we were getting ready for the show today, he says you're not going to bring that up again. I'm gonna. I said yes, I am because every year I, I can't stand the goaltending posture around the nets, Joe. When the puck is in the corner or below the goal line, you see these guys on one knee. The other knee is up, and, of course, there's a space there. Then there's a space over the guy's shoulder. So I'm from the old school, like Johnny Bauer, Howie Meeker, these guys back when I was a little guy, used to talk about standing up, facing the shooter, cut the angle down. There's no way people can score from from the angle that the Leafs goalies gave up a pair of goals on the weekend. And I just... I got a small vignette that I'll remind you, uh, AJ, but I'll tell you, Joe, I have a daughter who played goal in rep league and she went to a goalie school for one week. <laughs> the first drill, they have somebody standing at at the blue line saying, OK, we're going to shoot the puck in and you're going to just drop to your knees and stop it. And he did a couple of shots and my daughter's turn came up and I and I called him over. I said, come here. I said, is this the best you got for real? He says, yeah, we're going to teach them how to drop on shot." I said, that's not the way it works in the NHL or in a good hockey situation. You teach the goalie to stand up and face the shooter from distance when there's nobody in the way. You don't need to drop down every shot. And so he says, no, no, we're going to teach us." I said, fine, let's go. Valerie, we're out of here. So that was the end of her hockey lesson that day. So that's my hockey peeve. One of my hockey peeves. Uh, is
2: that why? Is that why goalies drop down way too soon? And is that why Canada hasn't had a good goalie in twenty years now? Everyone's see, worried about the. You're, you're on Everyone's man. worried about the Olympics. They're fretting like we have Big Jesus and all this, but we have no goalies.
0: That's correct. So unless I get an assignment, it's going to stay the same way. I think I'm afraid, but uh, that's my pot pet peeve. I don't know AJ if you have, but certainly Joe, I want to give you first crack. Something about the hockey that's played today. And the way it's played today, maybe that, that grinds you a little bit.
2: Well, you know, this happened last night, and I don't know what the answer is, but this whole offsides by a pubic hair
4: <laughs> uh,
2: three minutes ago that I need the CIA, you know, to figure <laughs> out, you know, come on now. I don't know. I, I was I was trying to think because I heard a good answer or, or a, a answer, a, the answer, actually, from either Batman and or one of his cronies that like, Hey, if you're offside, you're offside. Like <laughs> I go, oh, I, I, that's pretty much a good answer. But <laughs> I think, you know, the Kings had the puck in the, the Kings are my mistress team. The Kings had the puck in the zone for like a minute, poor, putting on the Ritz, you know, ha- had Washington on their heels and it was great. The crowd's going nuts. Kopitar buries the puck. It's tied two two. Five minutes left. I just came home from my gig. I'm like, this is awesome. I can't wait. Then they review it, and you couldn't even really super tell, but okay, they wave the goal off. It's like you're just teasing everyone in the building. You're taking all the momentum away. I don't know how you fix it. I always thought like if if they're in for over ten, like 10 or 15 seconds or your team has touched the puck, you can't review it. You can't. That's it. Or maybe if you call timeout right, then, excuse me, right then as it happens, you can do it. But you can't have your, you know, guy, your kid from IBM up in the booth figuring, hey, we watch this. It's off. It's, it ruins the flow of hockey. It ruins everything. And it's it's only because you know the Flyers. You know, and I always think back. Every rule change. Well, how would that help the Flyers? What would they do? Well, like you know, fifteen years ago, they were you know, 30 feet off sides in a playoff game. And that's why we have the rule. Other than that, it's like we can we could all live with, you know, okay, the second offside. Cause I really think it's it's damaging hockey. It, it, you know, it, one of my 30 things I think is damaging hockey. But that's my main one happened last night. It's in the top of my head.
1: AJ, you got a pet peeve that you want to share? Uh, I don't know if it's quite a pet peeve per se, but, uh, I, I do agree partially with the get rid of the shootout crowd, but I don't want to go back to ties. Like ties are dumb. I think (laughs) if you extended the three on three by another five minutes, like there's no game that would go three on three for 10 minutes and not end with somebody scoring. I just don't see that happening. Um, You know, maybe in that rare case that that would happen, maybe then you either go shootout because it would be less, I guess maybe you could consider the tie. But like, I just don't see a a game going 10 minutes of three on three and not ending with somebody scoring a goal. So I would rather extend that by five minutes uh, than have shootouts. So I'm like a partial no shootout guy. Like, I don't hate them. I like them better than ties. Um, but three on three hockey is like the most exciting thing in sports. Like, there's nothing that compares, in my opinion, to three on three hockey in sports. And so, and who's going to complain? Uh, well, players might, but <laughs> from from our standpoint, from a fan standpoint, who's going to complain about more three on three hockey? Joe, shootout yeah nay. I
2: I I feel exactly the way AJ feels about that. Like, you know, I don't hate them, but I would rather just see three on three end it and maybe tweak a three-on-three, three. like, you know, I mean, definitely the, you know, the, uh, hey, we got to clear the zone, and everyone's playing, you know, r- Russian five, we're backing up, right. backing up, right. and then we're coming. That can be a little annoying. I think tweaking it somehow where either, you know, like, they're, they're tweaking the offsides, or there is no offsides. or I, I like some people have the idea that, you know, that you can only be on the ice once in three-on-three. On three. Okay, I like that. Oh, interesting. I like that. Great suggestion. Hmm. It wasn't I mine. I, 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 I heard it, so I don't take credit for it. But I, I, I think that's a great because then you, you can keep Sid out there the whole time, or you know, you, you save them for you know, you never know. Yeah, but it's like yeah. that's it; they get one shot, or until their lungs go out, and then I they're like done. It. I like that a
0: lot. I hate the shootout, guys. I, I mean, Joe, I don't want to see ever see football games uh, settled by a field goal kicking contest or a baseball by a home run hit, hitting contest. That, to me, is what the shootout is like. So I think it's an aberration. I, I hate the idea completely, but I, you know, I got season tickets with the Leafs when the shootout happens. I'm on my, I'm on my feet, too, just to see the outcome. But I,
2: Yeah, I, I'm not you – know, I just love hockey, so I'm not the American fan. No, we need to have, a, we need to have a, a winner and a loser. I don't mind ties, but somehow the people start playing for ties, and that's the problem. You're right on there
0: okay guys we have of course a major cloud over the league in the past week with the cory perry situation we're not going to say anything more on this show other than the the incident has led to his being ultimately released by the club and i guess a team can sign him as a free agent but they want to know exactly what happened in that circumstance there's been a lot of rumors some very ugly ones and we're just going to steer clear of all of it all of it and wait for the the clouds to clear on that one, but there are a couple of other issues that bear discussion and certainly would welcome Joe's comments, AJ you too, but uh, your reaction guys on Patrick Kane landing for the rest of the season with the Detroit Red Wings, Joe, what do you think?
2: I'm, um, I was happy for my uh, partner, Fraser Smith. Uh, he's a huge Red Wings fan. So that was good. And, you know, I'm a closet Red Wing fan, a through Frazier and B because uh, no one was allowed to be the penguins playing NHL 94 and my my roommate was always the Blackhawks and I was always the Red Wings. So, and Izergin I, I Fedorov and Shanahan are my two favorite players ever that did not play uh for the Penguins. So, I I I'm happy they got I I think he could definitely help them and um I I just hope Paddy Kane is healthy enough to make a difference because uh you know, he's arguably the third or fourth greatest player of this generation and arguably the greatest American of all time. And I love watching him play. So hopefully he, uh, you know, I just love hockey. So as long as he did not go to the, to the Philadelphia Flyers, <laughs> I was happy wherever he landed. Well, you got it. now you're proud of me to tell my, my Brendan Shanahan story.
0: Years ago, I was in Division One ball hockey in Ontario, and I played in a game against Shanahan and some of his friends, including Sean Burke in the Nets, and I scored on him. But the, the claim to fame from that uh, story is that Shanahan started a bench-clearing brawl and he got suspended for life in a game, <laughs> in a game that I was involved with. So I, uh, I've come across him in my travels around the Leafs, and I mentioned that. He says, I feel like a 1,000 players played for your team because I've heard that story so many times. And I said, yeah, but you haven't heard from one of the guys who scored one of our two goals in that game. So now you can say you have.
2: Oh, that's fantastic. So I, I should have went to college them. in Canada. I could have been a varsity ball hockey. I was good at ball hockey. I just couldn't skate with a damn.
0: That's my problem, too. <laughs> you know, we also have a coaching change. Dean Evison fired in Minnesota, replaced by John Hines. I feel bad for this guy that he got gassed because Minnesota is carrying $15 million in dead cap space. So while every team is playing with an $85 million cap ceiling, Minnesota is playing with $70 million, And yet they feel all right about jettisoning this guy and bringing in John Hines. He's got to look around saying they got two more years with these handcuffs and what the hell do they expect me to do? That's my view on that situation in a nutshell. AJ, what do you think about that? And we'll come back to Joe for his comments.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I mean, it's one of those tough ones, right? Like they're just, they're playing so bad right now. You have to do something, um, to try and spark some life. That last press conference he had after the game, he basically like, it seemed like he was throwing up his hands and he was just like, well, something's got to change. That's like, almost the exact quote, like something has to change. Doesn't sound like he knew what that was. Uh, and I'm guessing that Bill Guerin said, yeah, you buddy, sorry. You're what has to change here. Um, I think Dean Everson is a fantastic coach. Uh, he was the coach uh, for AHL Milwaukee for a while. Um, I've actually interviewed him a, a couple of times in, in that capacity. So great guy. Um, I think he'll land on his feet. He'll end up somewhere soon maybe not right back into a head coaching job might be uh, on the bench somewhere, but it won't take long for Dean Everson to, to find a job. And Joe,
0: how much does it suck based on the information that I led with here?
2: Well, I mean, Dean have more time for the tanning bed. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he should have been scheming up offensive plays when he was uh, you know, sweating in the bed. I I don't know. I, I think it's a, You know, John Hines, for him, it's like, you know, one or the other. I remember begging Barbecue Bruce not to take that job. It's just a job to get fired. You know, it's just a rotating. Minnesota's Minnesota. You know, until they win a lottery or do something dramatic, they're always going to be right in the middle but never good enough to do anything, and then you're going to get fired in three years when you get mediocre goaltending. But I, I figured they would have a slide this year. It was one of the only things I got right in my preseason predictions. Um, and uh, you know, because the the one goalie was hot last year. Now he's Gustason. now he's not playing good. Flower can't carry a team. And uh they don't have enough stars. If Kyrill's remotely off and they miss Matt Dumba. They tried for five years to get rid of Dumba. I'm like, he's a, your best defenseman. What are you doing? They got rid of him now. They can't play defense. Oh, I wonder why. So <laughs> but you know, the Canadian media can't wait to bash Billy Guerin you know, about the $15 and all this. But, you know, it's like, whatever. I mean, obviously, look at addition by subtraction. And no one's been in more locker rooms than Billy Guerin. I think his, you know, suitcase has like 15 stamps on it. Uh, (laughs) So he knew there was trouble in there with Suter and Parisi. And it worked. They got rid of him for a little bit because look what happened. They got rid of, uh, who knew Blake Wheeler was such a cancer? I mean, my God, the Jets got rid of uh, Wheeler and look what happened. Boom. You know, so, you know, he had to do what he had to do and uh you know he, he was in you know he he lived a good life he'll, he'll be he'll he'll be back somewhere be back. i i i yeah i'm not really worried about there are it there're no you telethons know. for any of these guys once they No he knew, he knew he he knew the can we got hired you know
0: <laughs> that's it well you you almost provided me with a perfect segue, 99% i'll say uh, we rotate our uh, look at a different division every week uh, in uh, the front end of the show where we talk about what 's happening in this division or that division today, today we 're going to look at the metropolitan division includes your favorite team guys and uh, the outlook has changed a little bit from the outset for a couple of teams, but the teams that we thought were going to be at the top are there the Rangers and Carolina, Philadelphia, and Washington a bit of a surprise in the three and four slots right now, and Pittsburgh in the middle of the pack there and the devil's a big surprise uh, bringing up the rear almost so Uh, any comments about the division that you guys want to share? Joe, we'll start with you.
2: Um, You know, I I thought we were going to go, we can go team by team for a little tidbit here and there. Sure. uh, If you want to do that. I mean, overall, I I think it's pretty much where we thought it was going to be. I mean, it is American Thanksgiving, so maybe it should have been a little bit more sorted out by now. But, you know, we'll we'll see come, you know, the middle of January where everybody's at. But we can go team by team.
0: Sure, let's do that. AJ, what about the Rangers? Then uh, I'll come back to you. Joe.
1: yeah i mean not surprising that the rangers are competing for the top spot here i think we all expected them to be uh up in the mix for this i, th- I think everybody kind of uh saw a two maybe three team race at the start and the rangers were going to be in there um so yeah overall i think it's uh it's a good combination from uh what we're looking at there and um You know, they're going to keep doing what they're going to do. They're going to ride the goaltending. They're going to get decent offensive production. There's just, there's not a lot of weaknesses in this team. You've got Adam Fox uh, back in the lineup. That's going to only help them. Uh, They're pretty deep on D2 with Keandre Miller and Jacob Truba. So, yeah, this is a a good team.
0: Yeah, and they did a rebuild on the fly, Joe. Remember when they wrote the letter to their fans? That was kind of something else, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was, I think it was great. They're like, hey, this is what we're doing. We're not going to fool anybody. So <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. Um, I, you know, I think they took, I think they had a good team last year. And then they did the uh, thing the Red Wings kind of do. I ratioed it once for the Penguins. And they bought, uh, Toronto's done it a couple times. All uh, oh, we bought is money. Let's get everybody at the deadline. And they screwed <laughs> up their chemistry. So now they, uh, Panarin had something to prove this year. And uh, he, he's playing Awesome. Meek um, has been a little slow, but I always thought their defense was not as good at like, not as good as their parts. Cause I've been a big K Andre Miller fan and Truba's Truba and Fox and Lingren. And now this year they've seemed to really gel as a defense. And I thought I, no one likes Jonathan quick more than me. His career was dead. <laughs> and I thought that was gonna be a Achilles heel for them that I'm like, they don't have an adequate backup for Igor he was quicks like seven and oh. So, not, I mean, well, so I was shabby. totally wrong on that. So, you know, they're right where they're at and um, they get to play in the garden. It is a home ice advantage. It seems like when things roll, things get going in the garden for them. And, uh, you know, I thought they'd be, I thought they would make the playoffs. So they're about, it they may be a little ahead of where I thought they would be, but uh, yeah, I thought they'd be where they're at. And for me, Carolina,
0: it makes sense that they're at the top of the division. I thought that they would finish first in this loop. They have, but for me, the, the deepest defense core, uh, maybe, even better than the Rangers, I'll say a little bit when you look at it. But their goaltending is called into question already with Freddie Anderson injured and a blood-clotting issue. We don't know anything more about the duration of that, and he'll be lost for a while. But they got Antti Ranta and Piotr Kachetkov, who should have been picked up in a lot of fantasy leagues like I did the last couple of weeks. And uh, I think he's going to be the guy that carries the mail for these guys for a while. But AJ, Philadelphia and Washington are up in the middle of the pack here. Is this sustainable for either club?
1: Uh, I think... Not um, Philadelphia. Will, Philadelphia at some point Carter Hart will return to being a, a bad goalie at some point here, I imagine, because um, he tends to tends to do that. Has hot streaks and cold streaks. I mean, his numbers they're okay six six and uh, six six and zero, oh, so okay numbers. But I expect a little dip from him. Um, and and I think this team gets thin outside of the top top six here. So there's not really a ton of forward depth in my opinion. So I expect them to drop. I think you could say much of the same things about Washington. Um, you know, Darcy Kemper has been playing pretty well. Um, so I, I think, you know, he's again, uh, you know, about a 20, 30 win season is about the max. I think for him, uh, they'll kind of drop off a little bit. They're not super deep either. Uh, The defense is pretty much the John Carlson show. uh, And if he slips at all, I think they'll drop off there too.
0: Charlie Lindgren's been a nice shot in the arm for that club though. But uh, Joe, I want to get your thought about something we've been talking about regularly on this show in the last couple of years, and that's Ovechkin's chase of Wayne Gretzky's all-time record. It's a, it's a snail's pace right now for him this year. And uh, do you see this as a new reality for Ovi or is is he still got a shot at at getting the all-time record? He's about 65 goals short.
2: Well, I thought the COVID lockdown was a way for the Canadians to make sure Gretzky didn't give up the record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think he's going to do it if he's out there with a walker. Personally, he's yeah. going to make he's going to do it. So, uh, and, and good on him. You know, there's always been people think there's a rivalry. I had nothing but respect for the Capitals and, and Ovechkin. Um, getting, uh, you know, I, he's, he's just going gonna, gonna, gonna to take him longer. You know, and he's not, he doesn't have Backstrom right now, and they're, you know, the, their forwards are a little. Not banged up, just not what they used to be. Uh she's out now. And um but you know, I think the mediocrity or um parity and the Capitals just a little bit above that because Kemper's played pretty good and Lingren has played very well. And some of their younger defensemen have played pretty good and they're just, you know, doing better than a little better than I thought they were the bottom of the middle in the in the in the in the, in the metro.
0: And, and uh, we, we, sorry, Joe, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the islanders and the black uh, blue jackets right now this is a couple of teams that we got right i think and they are who we think they are but i really want to get your opinion on the pittsburgh penguins since you already addressed your fandom
2: oh okay yeah well let me i'm just going to go through real quick I, uh I, I just everybody uh the devils are good uh they miss nico Heisher. he does all the dirty work everyone else likes to score the goaltending could be a little bit better uh, could be a little bit better. Uh, Carolina's always good in the regular season. But they, now they got Sheveshkov back. But my thing with Rob Brindamore's teams are always, yeah, they play hard. That's why they win on a Tuesday in December when nobody else does. But you know what? <laughs> Everybody plays hard in the playoffs. And that's why they always lose in the second round. Uh, you know, uh, Columbus is a crap show. They're terrible. Now these <laughs> Russian guys have never heard of one out. How does Yarmo kick a line and keep? I never like to call for anybody's job, but how does this man, does he have pictures of John Davidson? What? what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're, I mean, everyone gets there and they want to leave. And then they're benching line. A. How about playing line A with Fantilli and Johnny Hockey? How about trying that out? Not a bad call. Not you know? Call. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. Uh, the Islanders. I, I love Lou Amarillo, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, he's a legend, but Lou must have had Rob Blake's uh, beach house that he was in for four years before he made a move. How you <laughs> bring everybody back and do nothing? Did not, he did not, he signed, uh, what's his name, Then the kid from uh, the Islanders, like a seven-year deal, that guy's never scored more than five goals in a, in a, in a year. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I don't know about that, but, you know, good goaltending there keeps it, they're were, they were trying to run Anders Lee out of town, the captain, he's woken up a little bit, but I really, uh, you know, uh, I think the carcass of the New York Islanders, if Lou answers the phone or can hear the phone ring at the trade deadline, uh, will be amazing. I think somebody from that team will go and make a, a Stanley Cup contender uh, even even stronger. Uh, you want to hear about my uh, uh, penguins? My peng- uh, first of all, uh, well, one more, the Flyers. Thank God for Tortorella, because if they had Dean Evison or any other cookie cutter crap coach they'd be in they'd be at the bottom and uh, they'd be in a lottery and i'd be pulling my hair out when those ping pong balls are rolling around but thank god they got tortorella that won't let them suck so i never have to worry about them getting a good player and i will be <laughs> at, at the top when i when i was born we would get killed but we were 0 for nixon and we never beat them <laughs> now we have five cups and they have two in the only scoreboard in life that counts, and knock on wood, I can die in peace.
0: <laughs> I think AJ <laughs> loved everything that you just said. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, <laughs>
2: I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, Paul Trisho. Now uh, we're not even talking about the Penguins. Like I said ten minutes ago, I thought the window was complete. I see, I think if the Penguins can make it in the playoffs, which I thought the, of the year was going to happen, I thought they could beat any team in a seven game series but they can't win four seven-game series without a, a couple du- more dubious magic because it was magic that he got Eric Carlson for everybody that stunk on RT. If, 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 Eric, if Eric Carlson never played a second for the Pittsburgh Penguins, that was arguably the third or fourth best trade in franchise history. I literally woke up Sunday morning and saw... Uh, it was, a, it was a Rob Rossi and, and Josh Joey, two fantastic Penguins reporters for the athletic. I saw tweets. There are two tweets, and I'm like, what? Is this a joke? Like, I'm not even awake yet. And then I saw Elliot Friedman. And so that's like, he's God to me. When Friedman says it, it happens. I'm like, oh, okay. If you would have said, if it said Elliot Friedman reports Cal Dubas walked across the Mon River, I would have <laughs> believed it before I believed that he got rid of Macal Granlin for anything. Let alone, yes. I mean, he. I think thought, thought we'd have to take back herpes to get get rid of Raquel Granlin. Oh, and, know, So, but I, to, to our team right now, though, you know, the bottom six is playing a lot better, but still not pounding in goals. Raquel, no goals, a total disappointment. Our top line, Sid, Sid, Rusty, and Jake, playing great. Gino's cooled off a little bit, but Gino's playing well. Carlson's playing more defense than I ever thought he would. Uh, it, That's it, very true. It's just our power plays. St- How you have three and a half Hall of Famers? I'm not going to call Chris Tag a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. I know you want people want to, but it's two and a half. Right? It's three and a half right now. And and do nothing. And and you guys, as you guys know hockey, why? Here's every power play that works. And that front presence, three across, and a guy at the top. I mean, the Flyers did that for 30 years without talent. The Capitals do that every good t- look at tampa bay they got four hall of famers that's what they do those power plays work why we have to reinvent todd reared this motion bs just do that and you'll be at 20 percent. it would be you know it, it in the playoffs by american thanksgiving no we're running all this mo- who are you fooling get the puck shoot the puck get the rebound
0: all right. All I did was let the fuse, folks and that, <laughs> what you just heard was Joe Bartnick go off. And, uh, what a segment, Joe, we, we had a set a record for laps per minute in, in the history of the program. And that's all thanks to you. Uh, can't thank you enough for joining us today. Please follow Joe at, uh, joe bartnick simple on x or twitter and uh his hot i don't want to give your hotmail out joe but oh i
2: yeah no why I, I mean it's yeah, I, yeah if you want to email me whatever it's joe bartnick at hotmail very the 70s i'm mr joe bartnick on instagram that's a long story
0: <laughs> very good joe thanks so much for joining us and uh We'll hope to have you back later in the season. Maybe before the playoffs, we'll do something fun with you, too. But uh, I'm always available at 8 in the morning. <laughs> you've been listening to Joe Bartnick joining us on the show. and
3: uh... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
0: Great follow at Joe Bartnick on Twitter, as I said. So thank you, Joe, for being with us.
4: access to a center is easy and affordable interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself go to unified healing.com slash blue wire to learn more and find a center near you
0: We're going to take a break. We'll be back after these messages. You're listening to podcasts with Statsman and AJ. All right, we're back on the podcast with Statsman and AJ. Wasn't that a fun segment with Joe, AJ?
1: Yeah, it was great having him on. Uh, glad he could join us for a little bit. And uh I, I could not agree with that penguins' take any more than what he said. Uh and honestly, looking at the penguins roster, if I was gonna pick a guy to put in the net front, it wouldn't even be somebody fancy. I would literally put like Redeem Zahorna up there. The dude's like seven feet tall or whatever. Just put that big body in front, and yeah. But the problem is, and I agree, Todd Reardon tries to get too fancy. Uh, the problem is the guys on the power play, though. I do think those guys are not necessarily shooting the puck enough. Uh, I, you know, I think they, the Penguins, have always been a skilled team that wants to look fancy, and they're trying to make the extra pass to make the fancy goal. Like that's always been, and it's always worked for them. Uh, so, but I think if you could just put a guy like Zahorna up front that no goaltender is going to see around and just convince these guys to shoot the puck, uh, I I think they'd be solid. So we went a little bit
0: long with Joe AJ. So we're going to cut to the chase on the injury news for the past week, and then we're going to slide into our DFS picks for the week as well, ahead of tonight's busy slate. So, uh, without further ado, I'm going to talk about a couple of guys on the injury list who are their discussion one is Trevor Zegers with Anaheim he's got a an IR situation with a an undisclosed injury situation but that's one of their top the top two centers there and maybe the signature player on this club and without any real good knowledge we can't even recommend what to do with him but keep an eye on that situation because that's a big blow to that offense
1: yeah absolutely that's that's a big one um you know some Good news of potentially some some returns. Uh, Andres Svechnikov practicing. He had was out with an illness, nothing serious there. Uh, Connor Sherry looking like he could be back at some point during the, the Lightning's uh, upcoming trip. Uh, Gabe Velarde for Winnipeg Jets is a game, officially a game-time decision tomorrow, but based on line combinations and practice, uh, pretty confident that he'll be back uh for that game you know we're we're looking at uh i guess this is technically injury injury news right patrick kane says he, he told reporters he could have played last night um but he's going to wait about 7 to 10 days kind of get uh get in there with his teammates his new te- teammates a little bit so uh yeah from an injury standpoint there's there's definitely some good news around there um paul there's also bad news out there if there's anybody else you want to highlight
0: yeah, Mark Giordano, broken finger, looks like in Toronto, A.J., and he'll be out for a while, and that means the Leafs have to desperately seek assistance on the blue line, and uh, the top four uh, defense situation of the Leafs is, is really a big problem right now. They've, they've played Morgan Raleigh 30-plus minutes in the game, the, the last game, and they can't afford to do that on a regular basis. So I expect a move to be made sooner rather than later in Toronto. I mean, uh, Timothy Lilligren, his return is on the horizon, I suppose. He just started skating. They they got to do something to shore up that back end, though, and that's a real problem. Um, other news, in Montreal, two defensemen that are going to be keys to their future are out right now with lower body and upper body injury for respectively Jordan Harris and Arbor Jacki. So this defense on a team that's just starting to show a little bit of signs of some some kind of growth and some commitment to systems, they're going to be without two of their top four defensemen, I would say, for a little while, and that's a tough blow for a team that's just trying to circle the wagons right now and start to take some steps in the right direction. Shea Theodore with Vegas, another defenseman, is out of lineup with an upper body injury landing on the IR, so you wonder if Vegas certainly has the depth to withstand that, but he's still one of the top two or three puck movers there, so they want that situation rectified. All it means is that AJ, I think there's going to be some dealing going on in the next little while with defensemen on the move, and a team like Calgary that has the surplus of them is probably going to be taking some higher, highest bidders. And maybe the time is no better for them to pull the trigger on a deal in the next couple of weeks, because there are going to be a lot of teams come calling.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely, I think these are going to start to short uh, some sort some things out. Um, some other impactful ones, Shea Theodore uh, undergone surgery for his upper body injury week to week there. Uh, Dougie Hamilton is still being evaluated for, for an injury. Um, you know, Jaden Swartz was, uh, injured Tuesday. He landed on IR, uh, this, uh, this morning. And so, you know, you expect him to miss at least a week here. Um, so yeah, there's definitely, uh, some teams that are going to need some reinforcements for guys that, that are out, you know, how the cap numbers work with all that is always the big question can you stick a guy on LTIR at this point and leave him there until the playoffs start? That's always the Tampa Bay special. So we'll see if that can be pulled off by anybody. Uh, Maybe, maybe at least depending on Giordano's injury and put him on uh, LTIR until the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) But it'll be okay if the Leafs do it. If anybody else does it though.
0: We set we set the pace in Toronto. That's what you're trying to say, AJ. Before we get into DFS, we got to touch on a couple of guys who may lead the pack in terms of the most added players this past week. Valeri Nutrishkin is on absolute fire for Colorado offensively. His ownership went up from 54% to 72 last week to lead the pack. Charlie Coyle right behind him. I guess there's still a lot of people wondering about Boston. Uh, Year to date, they're fine. They're on a three-game loser right now, so you wonder maybe that's why. Charlie Coyle's ownership has even only peaked at 33%, but it did spike 15% this past week. And Joe Bartnick mentioned Jonathan Quick as the backup guy in New York. He's getting a few more reps than we thought because of Shesterkin's a uh, little bit of injury issues uh, so far this season. And Quick's ownership, about 30%. Uh, any of those guys worth mentioning? Any more comments? I also mentioned Charlie Lindgren as a guy. Who has uh, stabilized the Washington goaltending and accounts maybe for a big reason for why they're contending for a playoff spot
1: at this early stage in the season? Yeah, I think of the names that you mentioned at the top here. Uh, Quick to me feels like the the biggest risk. Um, I thought he was going to look great in the move to Los Angeles last year. I was dead wrong, as our friend Daniel Negranu likes to remind me. Um, <laughs> that did not work out. Uh, but he's looked really good with the Rangers to start the year. I mean, he hasn't lost in regulation yet, um, has just won overtime defeat overall. Uh, now, you know, it should be mentioned that, and and the reason I think this is one of the riskier plays, you know, you look at his last five games and the record, a little deceiving, 4-0-1. Uh, he does have a shutout in there, but, you know, uh he also has three goals allowed in two of those games and four goals allowed in the other two of those games so fortunately his offense kind of bails him out you know maybe a little bit in some of those and so I do think that is important to note that the numbers you know the win-loss column can be a little deceiving uh with Jonathan Quick right now all
0: right AJ the uh... We will get back to more of our regular routine next week, but uh, because because we had the guest today, we are going to slide right in now to the DFS portion of our show to close it out and uh, counting on you to lead us through a look at the DraftKings lineup on a
1: busy slate around the NHL tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I've kind of got two mini stacks of, of teams that are in action tonight. Um, for me, that starts uh, with the, the Florida Panthers going into Montreal think it's a good opportunity to utilize those guys. and uh, For me, that starts with Sam Bennett at the center position. Comes in at just $4,400. Uh, really solid discounted price there for him. Uh, you look at his numbers last couple of games. Uh, over his last six games, he's had at least uh, two shots on goal in every one of those games. He's actually had four shots on goal in four of those contests. Uh, two goals, one assist, so really strong offensively right now. Good matchup facing Montreal. Uh, for my other center, went a little bit higher on the board, going to pay up for Rupe Hints, but he still comes in at just sixty two hundred. That's pretty discounted compared to the top of the the DraftKings board here. Again, three goals, three assists in his last six games, thirteen shots on net. I really try and key in on that shot total because uh, you know that gives you your floor right. If they're getting shots. At least they're going to get you some points. uh, And then the assists or goals are are icing on the cake. I'll pair him up uh, this uh, for one of my stacks uh, with Joe Pavelski for on the same line there for Dallas Pavelski, a little more expensive or a little uh, less expensive rather than Hintz comes in at 5,800. He's got four goals in his last five games has two assists over that stretch. So his offense is absolutely rolling right now. Two of those four goals came on the power play. So under 6K for Pavelski feels like a bit of a steal there. Uh, I went a little bit higher on the board. I did pay up for Kirill Kaprasov. And I, I think we're going to see some uh, some changes in Minnesota. I think guys are going to start playing better with, with the goalie change. Uh, Kaprasov's numbers in the last three games have been a little bit better. A goal and two assists, nine shots. Uh, And both of those assists coming with the man advantage. So I'm expecting with the goalie, the coaching change. And not again, not that it's anything John Hines is going to do drastically different than Dean Evison. but anytime there's a goalie change, guys seem to step up at least for a little while. And I think we're going to see that out of Kaprasov. So willing to pay up in a matchup with Nashville tonight. And then uh, uh, Alexander Holtz for the New Jersey Devils. The Devils have a good matchup, I think, playing the Flyers tonight. The thing with Holtz is he actually, over the last week, leads that team in shots on goal. He's got 14 shots in his last three games. That's resulted in two goals and an assist. Uh, There's not really a lot of power play upside to him. But if he gets three, four shots, he comes in at 3,200. Like, that's pretty good price for a handful of shots. Picks up a goal or an assist uh, along the way. Throws a hit or two around, like, is, there's good value to be had there. I'll go uh, back to Florida with Brandon Montour, 5,200. He's seeing the most minutes with their power play right now. Uh, again, 5,200, not the top of the price range, so relatively discounted. Uh, so I think a good spot to have him in. Dimitri Orloff for Carolina, actually up there at the top of the league overall for the last week in in shots. Um He had 12 in his last four games. Uh, No power play opportunities there, but just those shot totals so high right now um, that at 3,000, 3,000 for him playing at home for Carolina. They've got the Islanders tonight, so not a real stiff competition team. So again, just a handful of shots for that guy. Going to look pretty good. My utility spot, I ended up going with a third defenseman. Don't normally do that, but for the price range I had left, fifty-seven hundred for Victor Hedman uh, at home against uh, against the Penguins, who you know very up and down right now. Good opportunity for Hedman to to get some points here. Another guy, uh, no goals in his in his last six games, but he's got four helpers over that stretch. Shot total a little concerning. It's it's under two per game, but Ah, uh, the assists keep coming for for Headman, so I'm I'm willing to roll with it. And then between the pipes, look, I couldn't I couldn't not do it, Paul. It was the most expensive guy on the slate, but they're facing the Sharks. It's so hard not to do it. So Jeremy Swayman, 8600 for his home matchup against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Swayman just you know a, a couple bumps in the road lately he hasn't been quite the knockout uh, player he was. End of November, a little dicey for him. Oh, one and one goals against average. Nothing like a visit from the Sharks uh, to get you back on track. So that's what I did tonight. That's what my lineup looks like over on DraftKings. Paul, how are we looking on FanDuel tonight? First, I want to say
0: that that looks like a no-brainer, the goalie pick that you just made. But can you just imagine the Bruins are on a three-game losing streak and it's their longest losing streak in the last couple of years. If they should lose even in over in overtime, go to overtime tonight and maybe eke out a win, This won't there be a little bit of an upset group of fan ba- uh, the fan base there? I, I can't wait to see how that evening plays out because San Jose is playing a little bit better of late, but you have to like the lopsided nature of this one fe- favoring the Bruins and that mining situation for sure. So I think you have to make that pick the way you set your roster up and had the money to spend. So uh, I went a little bit different and uh, I'll start with my goalie pick. I picked... The Carolina goaltender, regardless of whether it's uh, either one, Ranta looks like the, the guy to, who's going to start tonight, but it could be the other fella. So keep an eye on the on the goaltending matchup there. $6,700 the price tag versus a New York Islanders team. And uh, Carolina's playing some of their best hockey of the season. They have won a four of their last five. They keep on, keeping on a lid on the goals against and certainly keeping a lid on the shots against. So a home date for them usually means that they run up a shot total. Should be a lopsided win and a cheap one for me if I got it right in the nets. Moving up the roster, in terms of the center position, I look at Mark Shifley for $7,200 against Edmonton. He's coming into this game on a tear, 14 points in his last 10 games played, and the Jets are like the Canadians. When the Canadians come to Toronto, they give their best effort, and I think the Jets are going to do the same thing at home against Edmonton, and uh, Shifley will be front and center there in that situation. Go back to Boston for a cheap center. Uh, Pavel Zaka p- playing top six minutes and lots of it on the top line. $6,000 the price tag for him versus San Jose tonight. You can't overlook that either, I don't think. Then uh, Matthew Tuchuk has been uh, front and center in the Florida swing through Canada of late, and I expect nothing different tonight from him as they go to Montreal, and uh, $7,000 the price tag there for one of the premier centers who plays a very physical style and piles up the points in the meantime. I mentioned Val Nichushkin uh, before a few minutes ago for Colorado. Can't not put him in there. $7,100 against Arizona for that lopsided matchup. Eight goals, four assists in his last eight games played. I think uh, he's going to pour it on tonight and add to those totals. Going to the defense, I spent a little bit less than I have in the last couple of weeks, but still a premium choice in Moritz Cider for the Red Wings we we'll get the boost of Patrick Kane. I don't think he's going to play tonight against Chicago. Wouldn't that be something to make his debut against his former club, though? And uh, Sider, uh, power play linchpin for the Red Wings. They're in contention for the playoffs, and I think they're going to stay there all year long. Brandon Montour for Florida, the other defenseman of choice tonight. $4,600 for a big-minute guy against Montreal. I already mentioned they're depleted on the long on the blue line there, so good situation for him and his mates, and I think a cheap value that could pay off in that vein the two utility spots i went back to boston aj jvr and jake debrusque fifty five hundred dollars and forty-seven hundred dollars respectively for guys they're going to be playing top six minutes and they're going to get lots of opportunities to score and pad their numbers it should really be points night in boston who am i kidding and uh, that's why i loaded up on three bruins in this lineup and so that's the way my lineup looks as we uh end today's show in terms of the final thoughts tonight Look, we didn't touch on the Edmonton Oilers getting their offense in gear, AJ. Look how fast McDavid got back in the scoring race, 12 points in his last four games. They need help on defense, though, and we touched on that. Uh, same as in Toronto. It may see some deals, and Calgary's sitting in a real good spot right now. Do you think somebody's going to pull the trigger on a move this week?
1: No, it feels a little too early still. Um, Unless, I mean, unless one of these guys, the news comes back, like I said, I I was kind of joking. But like, unless somebody comes back where it's like, okay, long-term IR, like might not be back till March, uh, April. Like if that happened, maybe somebody would try pulling something off right now, but uh, still feels a little early to me. Well, I'm curious to see, and we'll be watching the waiver deadlines,
0: uh, waiver lines, uh, transaction details coming across every day. And uh, wouldn't shock me, though, to see uh, a deal close to home. There's a lot of pressure on the Maple Leafs right now to do something in Calgary. It makes a lot of sense giving Brad to a living situation. So I connect the dots there and wonder if we'll be talking about our first trade of the season of any consequence when we reconvene in a few days and uh, glad you're feeling better, AJ. We didn't touch on that at the top of the show and uh, we got us Thanksgiving in the rear view. So things are starting to t- take shape around the NHL and that's why people circle back to our show, but I hope they got an extra kick out of it today with our guest, Joe Bartnick. We thank him again. As always, we remind you that we're here to assist you with all things related to your enjoyment of fantasy hockey, so we encourage you to send your comments or questions on Twitter where you can follow me, Paul Bruno at Statsman22. You can follow AJ at AJScholes24. So long, everybody.